Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott hanging out with you. We are at one of our very favorite places today, Gordon. Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in the Auto Mall right here in Sandy, 10905 South Auto Mall Drive. We always look forward to coming out here. And we have great jazz stuff for our listeners, not to mention great deals that uh, we will talk about. Look at all this show. Look at it. You know what I like about the stuff we have to give away at remotes? We we have a great variety of stuff. Like, all sorts of different stuff. We've got t-shirts. We've got hats. Types of t-shirts and hats. We've got the beanies today. Those will go quick. Yeah. Those we will go the, fast. We've got the desk ornaments that I think are just, I mean, that's not something you see very often. So I, that's been a real popular item. I, it appeals to me, but I didn't know it was going to appeal to our listeners so much. Yeah, they've been really popular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Flying out of here. So come visit us, 10905 South Auto Mall Drive. Gordo, how are you today? I'm doing well, although I can't take you serious. Why? That that, that Expos hat has just got to go. What are you talking it's a about? Nationals hat, but you know what I mean. My team's in the, in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that hat. In fact, I don't even know where that hat came from until last week. I've had this hat for a long time. Where? Uh, my basement. <laughs> Stashed in a corner somewhere? I got a lot closet? of hats. I got a lot of hats. And that one, yeah, I mean, okay, well, it's a new look, but it, it seems to coincide with success. And, and what, here's what I'm getting from that. You know how psychologists have told me that people like to identify with a team because it makes them feel more important? especially when it is doing well and when it's doing poorly, a lot of people sort of shy away from that. That seems to be what's happening here. Hate to break it to you, but you seem to be latching on to some other entity's success, and it makes you feel better about yourself. Now, hold the phone, sir. (laughs) Are you accusing me? Of being a bandwagon fan? I mean, is, no, is no, that? because you can be any kind of fan you want. I'm not one of these guys who judges people uh, based on, on you know how their behavior goes. I'm just stating facts here that I had never seen that Washington Senators hat <laughs> or Montreal Expos hat, whatever that thing is, until the Nationals suddenly 
are doing well. Are you saying that I have not been here all along? <laughs> That's, no, no, I'm not judging you. Because I'm just saying that I hadn't seen the hat until last week, and now I see it every day. Austin made a little uh, a little crack about this on Twitter earlier today too, and I've just got to say I'm uh, deeply offended by both <laughs> of you. Deeply, <laughs> and how dare you <laughs> question your loyalty? Question. Because you were playing for the ex the what was it the uh, the uh, holiday expos back in the day? I, I I played on the expos in Pony League when I was a kid, and I latched onto the team. And uh, who's your favorite player? Well, this year? Uh, apparently. <laughs> uh, it was a loose attachment. Max Scherzer. Who's your favorite position okay, favorite. player? Bob Loblaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a great lawyer. <laughs> but see, but see, here's the thing about uh, about Jake. He it, it, it he's he's appreciating the fact that that the Nationals got rid of their best player and now they're in the World Series. I do I do like that storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Because obviously he wasn't their best player. I'm glad you're taking pleasure in this whole thing. You know, I just wonder whether it means as much to you as it does to people who have really cared from point A to point Z. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So this is your way of getting in touch with our, our listeners out there who are big fans of whatever team they're a fan of, whether it's Utah, BYU, whether it's the Jazz, whether it's Weber State, Utah State. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bad example. But, uh, yeah, that's what's happening here. And, and, see, I don't hold – it's fine. It's fine. And I'm not rooting against the Nationals because you suddenly <laughs> attached yourself to them. You are, too. Uh, Admit it. You're uh, rooting no, against, I'm not. against my Nationals. I'm, I'm not. My Nats. No. My Nats. <laughs> Because you want to see me in pain. No, no, I, I would just be, I don't know. I would just feel a little funny about wearing the hat every day. And and if by chance the Nationals win it all, uh, are you going to continue to wear that thing? Yes. And sleep at night? Of course <laughs> you are. What all right. All right. Uh, okay, I'm not about? judging. I'm not judging. And it, you can, this way you find a way to get... Uh, sort of uh, feel the feelings that our listeners have for various teams because we really do rob ourselves of that, at least I do, on the teams around here. And that's a conversation. PK and I had a, a long conversation about that in our In Contention podcast. And uh, we kept repeating ourselves. And so I apologize. That thing probably should have been shorter than it was, but it was still good. And PK had some strong arguments. <laughs> What's that noise I hear in the background? What, where'd that come from? Who, what impersonator did those? Hmm. I don't know. Probably the same one that did Chester? the Chester. <laughs> did Chester do that? Anyway, I'm so, just I'm just telling I'm you. I'm happy for you. When when Juan Lisa's Soto pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs> oh, drives home the winning run, and we we no, are victorious we. in the it's World Series. Mouse in your pocket, we. Uh, I, I think we've got the. I think we've got the team this year. Okay. I think we cut the dead weight in Bryce Harper last year, and uh, you know we're we're ready. 
to win it all. You know what's kind of ironic about this whole thing is that you glommed onto the Expos because you played for the Expos here, but actually the Nationals are located in a, in a, a part of the country that you feel some affinity for. That's true. So it, it Thus does. my fandom carried on. <laughs> Very loosely. Convenient that they moved uh, to Washington, D.C. Remember yes. that 38 special song, Hang On? How's it, go? How's it go? Hang on loosely, but don't let go? Sure. That's what you're doing. Oh, man, I've been hanging on to this franchise tightly for years. <laughs> I'm going to win it all. All right, we have a, uh, we have a lot to do today. A little today. 38 special today? Is that what we're doing? Come visit us. Uh, we'd love to see you. 10905 South, Automobile Drive, uh, Larry H. Miller. Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram. Gordon, we have a busy day. Uh, coming up at uh, 4 o'clock, Ron Counts is going to be on the show. He covers the Boise State Broncos for the Idaho Statesman. Okay. Then we'll turn right around and cover the Utes opponent in the 4.30 segment where Hode Rabino is going to be on us from Devil's Digest. And we're going to get to the bottom uh, of a mystery. We're going to ask Hode if he was the reporter. Was he? Okay, we've got to ask him about it. When Herm first got to town and he asked Herm a question, and Herm didn't know that the Sun Devils were the <laughs> were the devils. Were the devils? Do you think so, they were the Sun Angels? We'll ask him about that. Isn't that, that the name of the uh, booster club? He was he was just really confused by you know Devils Digest. He was confused by the name of the of the you know publication. Mm. Well, he sure seems to have informed himself as to how to make that program better now. And we'll talk about this man. Has he been good? Yes, Absolutely. Yes. And PK never uh, missed a chance to point point it out to me that I was wrong about uh, Herm Edwards. Oh, but wait a second. PK wasn't exactly full steam ahead on that whole thing. His whole thing was wait and see because Arizona State's coaches have all sucked. So. <laughs> In might fact, he well, asked Herm might as very well, infamously. Yes. So, Herm, your coach number 34 down there, how are you any different than anybody else? Yeah, that was pretty much his attitude. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Herm Edwards has done a fine job, and that's going to be a, an interesting test uh, for the Utes, and so we'll preview it with Hode Rabino coming up at 4.30. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Utah Jazz. They wrapped up the preseason last night. Also, Gordon, the GM survey is out. Hmm. Okay. So that's always fun every year to wade through. think they're through. telling the truth? I don't know. You know what I thought about that today as I was going over it? Do you think these GMs are so, you know, because it's anonymous, right? So you don't right. have to put your name on it. So do you think they are being honest or are they being? They're hijacking the whole story. Are they being manipulative? Yes. You know? Yeah. I wonder. It's but an the, untrustworthy bunch. But the Jazz. It's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Justin. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. No, I mean, people People have their reasons, you know. I mean, angling for whatever, you know. And, and they're doing it to better their interest, and, which is their job. It's what they should do, right? Although there's nothing wrong with telling the truth on occasion, especially when it's anonymous. But the Jazz did pop up in a number of different interesting places so we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show we'll probably get to that coming up in the uh, five o'clock hour there's a high school football story out there that yeah. is uh, creating controversy we'll yeah. get to that mm-hmm. uh and uh, much much more yeah and whatever is bouncing around gordon's dome today well that's a scary thought but uh i think something strange might uh emerge <laughs> i just have a feeling good tease something strange <laughs> 
something strange is going to come up on the show today. Something strange. And if I can get our listeners to participate in it, then who knows? Maybe we'll give them something. Odds are. got something in the treasure closet back there, uh, Austin? I doubt it. What what treasure closet? What what studio? Uh, what studio are you thinking? We have a treasure closet. <laughs> yeah, we have prizes. We do. Yeah. Well, if we can pry them away from Hans and Scotty, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. Sounds, if this, that sounds like a PK comment, doesn't it? It does. I don't know if this treasure whatever closet that you're talking about. I don't think it exists. It, it's not there anymore. Anymore, please. All right. We give stuff away all the time. It's time for the split story of the day. Let's get into it. Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. If we played really well defensively. I would feel the same way about how we have work to do. It's not, you can't do something for one possession. You can't do something for one quarter. You can't do something for one game. It's the investment you make in it that ultimately that creates the the grit and the fiber, and, and that's just we got to work and we got to keep working and pay attention to details and and results will follow that. You know we've been working, and sometimes when you put time into something and you work at it, you kind of have to have an expectation that it's okay. I, I did this, and you know I bought my ticket. Now I get to turn it in and go on the ride. All right, Gordon, that was Quinn Snyder as the Jazz wrapped up uh, the preseason with a loss last night to the Blazers, 126 to 118. And I've got to say, uh, we've got all the postgame sound up on our, our website. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if folks didn't get a chance to hear uh, the postgame sound from last night, we, in fact, we have uh, the entire postgame show that I did with uh, Coach Chiesa is up at 1280thezone.com. But I, I thought the postgame interviews from Coach Snyder and Mike Conley in particular, actually, Rudy too, all, all of them were really insightful, actually, to where the Jazz are and and the task that lays in front of them. And uh, Mike Conley said some interesting things about, you know, how he has to break some of his habits and Mm -hmm. and learn some new things and and develop some different habits. I thought that was really insightful. You think about it, Gordon, a guy plays his entire career one place for a couple of different coaches, and, you know, he gets used to what they do and how they do it and comes to a different franchise and it's it's a different thing for him he has to learn different habits and um and it's not a matter of how good these players are it's a matter of adjustment it really is that's what it is as i'm watching this i'm not saying oh that player player a sucks or player B isn't as good as I thought he was. Although I can't understand, I do not get what's going on with Bogdanovich's shot. Uh, Coach Chiesa had uh, had an interesting insight on that last what night. What did he say? He said he's aiming it. Yeah, I and, can I can agree with that. And he he talked about his the the placement of his shot being a little bit too dead on center, and he needs to move it over to the side so he can see a little bit better. Coach Gabriel, well, I, I think he should shoot it the way he always shoots. It. But that, I guess that's the point is he's not shooting it the way he's always shot. Uh, isn't he's, he? He's aiming it because probably he's going through these adjustments that we're talking about. Well, why why wouldn't he shoot it the way he always did? As far as his form goes, that seems really strange to me. Well, that's the observation. Why would you, why you come into an environment that's new to you? You're playing with players who are new to you. Why would you make another new thing happen? Well, I and that is changing your shot. That, that that seems absolutely counterproductive to me. I I think the point is that it's not necessarily intentional. 
that he's aiming it as opposed to shooting in rhythm like he has in the past. So well, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I, I well, well, we're talking yeah. about a fractions of, of yeah. centimeters. I mean, we're not talking about all of a sudden he's got the Sean Marion side of the ear <laughs> shot put. I mean, we're talking, you know, shot doctor stuff. Well, he, he obviously, I mean, if he shoots the way he normally does in that game last night, the Jazz probably win it. I mean, you talk about all the adjustments in the world, but when you go over, you have a guy who is one of your main shooters who who puts an 0 for up. He's 0 for 9 and 0 for 5 from from 3. That, that's going to mess up your offense. I don't I don't think that's going to yeah, that's not going to be the norm. Well, you know, I, I don't think it is. I, I mean, we've all seen this this kid shoot. He, he can shoot it. He's just not making his shots right now, whether he's aiming it, whether he's got it off to the side, whether it's in his way. I mean, uh, what, whatever it is, he's not making his shot. And that's that's really disrupting the Jazz's offense. Uh, you can't. You can't really get by with that when you're you're counting on someone to play at a certain level, and he isn't. So uh, that doesn't address the defensive issues. So, I mean. Okay. I, I'm glad you went there, Gordon, because here is, is my concern coming out of the preseason, all right? And you tell me if I'm overreacting mm-hmm. or if, if you disagree. I've been planning on the Jazz taking a, a step back defensively. I just think the makeup of the team isn't – isn't as conducive to the dominant defense that we've seen over the past couple of years. Uh, I I also thought that it's not going to be as good at the beginning of the season as it will once everybody gets familiar with playing each other and on the same page. However, it might be rough at the first part of the season. We're not just talking step back. We're talking about it might be rough. Well, it was rough last year. I mean – more so even possibly (laughs) and i'm not necessarily talking about losses i'm just talking about overall defensive efficiency all right well it it might not just be average it might be rough well then let's talk about what's what's different first of all okay obviously Derek favors is not on the floor but Derek favors was not on the floor a lot of times when rudy was on the floor they were sometimes. Okay, so Derek Favors is gone. He's a fine defensive player. Was Jay Crowder that great a defender? Well, we've talked about this several times. I think it's I think a big part of the problem is size. They went from a big team, a uniquely big team, to a small team. So, okay, so uh, Mike Conley is shorter than Ricky Rubio. Is he a worse defender? So he's a different defender. And actually, Mike himself in the postgame gave a, a great example of, of what I'm talking about. And like I said, these, these guys gave great postgame interviews Do we have last that night. sound? Uh, it, we, we have it somewhere. We could possibly find it. But he gives a really good explanation about one defensive thing that the Jazz do that he's not used to. And that's when he gets beat on the perimeter to just let his guy go. Just let him go. Olay it. The, the bullfighter, just go ahead and go. Well, he, he hasn't been doing that on some occasions. I've seen him trail his his man after he's gotten beat. Well, so is that is that a habit but, he's got to break? But here's why, okay, because the Jazz have Rudy Gobert in the middle. Yeah. So the Jazz play this a little bit different than other other teams, uh, where if if he gets – do you have it, Austin? Let's let's yeah, give let's it a listen. It. And, and yeah. Uh, Conley, yeah, let's, let's give it a listen. Um, do you have it right now, Austin? I'm sorry. Or do we need to give you a minute? Okay, we've got it. Uh, give this a listen to how he breaks this down and, and, and why it's different the way the Jazz do it. 
you know, different mindsets on the defensive end. And um, here is different because we, we put a lot on Rudy. And we put a lot on Rudy to, to protect the paint. So, like, we don't have to help as much uh, off of shooters and off of, um, you know, drivers and stuff like that. So I'm so used to packing the paint and, and working my way out. Um, but now I'm just trying to find that fine line of being in help, being able to get back to my man, um, and understanding that, you know, like Rudy's telling me all the time, he's like, if they drive by, you just let them go. And I'll, you know, I'll meet him at the rim and you block my guy out. And, you know, so I'm trying to get used to all that. And um, I think, like I said, the more we play together, you know, it's still so early that we have just so much more room to improve. It, it, I'm, I'm still very excited about it. So, so, so that's not a matter of size. No, but hold on. On the when he gets beat and lets him go to Rudy, then he has to rotate over and block out Rudy's guy. Mm-hmm. When you're six one and you're his size, that is really hard to do. If you've got a little more size like R- Ricky Rubio, you have a little bit more flexibility. You really think a couple inches in height is going to make I that big a difference on a do. blockout? I absolutely that's do. That's positioning your body, and that's that's a matter of getting yourself to do that as opposed to, okay, if I do that, I'm going to be much less effective because I, I lack two inches on my height. I, you know what I mean? I, I mean, sometimes those little guys get in the way of the big guys, and the big guys hate that. And it can be every bit as effective if you know to do it. His size is going to be different. It's going to put them at a disadvantage. And that's just one example that I'm pointing at. But, yes, I also think that applies to some of the habits that he's trying to break. He needs to be comfortable with with letting the guy go to Rudy. He also talked about how he's getting used to Rudy directing the the defense and how it's different than the the way that Mark, uh, Mark Gasol used to do it. Those guys used to just beat the living daylights out of teams. Well, and, and they were like the Jazz were last year, where they were uh, a big team. They were a big physical team. They had Very big, physical. big bodies, yeah. big dudes. But that was, had, that but was they, back when, when Rudy Gay was, was thin and playing wing. But you know, they, he was but a they big still, guy. But they still had Conley in the lineup. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it, this can be overcome. I think that's more of a habit than a, a size deficiency that's really going to cost them. I talked to a few people last night who are, are definitely concerned about the Jazz size defensively, and that's going to be uh, an adjustment because their their task is more difficult. And plus, is that, yeah, but that's because Bogdanovich is in the lineup instead of Derek Favors, right? That's yeah, that's part of or Royce O'Neal, which we're seeing neither Jeff Green or Royce O'Neal play that that four position. Yeah, I mean, you well, look, just... look at last night. Either one of those guys is a terrible matchup for Zach Collins. And Zach Collins had a really good game. Yeah, I did. So there's there's a difference in size right there that's going to have an impact. It, it's just they're going to have to play differently. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But right now it's almost like whack-a-mole. It's whack-a-mole. Because the, the Jazz made some adjustments during the offseason, and they whacked the mole. But now the mole's changing. 100%. And so now they've got to whack another mole. Which is what Quinn Snyder is doing, but it's just going to take some time yeah. with these guys playing together. Yeah. It's exactly what he's doing. If, if you listen to his entire post-game press conference, it's, it's all – he's communicating all about defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he, and, said, and he, he said the other night, he said the, the offense is going to take care of itself. Exactly. He hardly – he dismisses any, you know, kind of notion if, uh, you know, somebody brought up, brought up Bogdanovich, obviously, last night in the postgame. He's going to be fine. He's not worried – he is not worried about that offense, and he's just he's, – he's doing what you're talking about. He's whacking the mole. 
Even if That's, even, that feels even, so weird to say, by the way. Even, but, were you any good at whacking the mole? No. Uh, Austin, could you whack the mole? Uh, I'm not answering that. Uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. You know, you sort of got to be really quick with your hands. This is what I get for participating in one of your analogies. But it's a good one. But I think that's I think that what what he's doing is he's going to fix it. And I, I I think the Jazz will be a good defensive team. I I, I do believe that that will happen. Uh, matter of time, we can debate about. It. But what I, where I'm concerned is the beginning of the year because we've talked about the start and, yeah. and it is important at the beginning of the year. Instead of just kind of being mediocre as they get used to each other, I'm a little concerned that it's going to be worse than that. Okay, so let me ask you this question. I, I, was, uh, I was asked by the Tribune for the Jazz preview section to write a column that essentially addresses the question, can the Jazz contend for a title? Should I, and, and, and I wrote it earlier this week, do I need to adjust that thing? Probably too late to do that now, but... Do, should I adjust that thing or try to adjust that thing based on what we've seen in this preseason? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you think whatever, the, wherever the mole is going to raise its head, that uh, that uh, Quinn Snyder is going to be able to whack it? Yep. I think he's. I think he, he's. He is so smart that he. He. I think he will put together a plan for this team. Uh, but did he see this coming? Did what he ask him that last night? Uh, not that specifically, but I mean, you know, knowing Quinn Snyder like we do, my guess would be yes. Because he's probably burning it pretty, pretty hot right now, trying to find the answers. And this week, between what happened last night and the opener uh, against OKC, is th- this may be the most important week of the season. Yep. And they're not even playing a game. It is a different challenge for him, however. I mean, the past couple of years, it's. All right, let's let's tape together an offensive system that's going to manufacture us yeah. some points to keep us in games. And this year now it's okay. We've got to tape together the defense till we all get on the same page. It, it, but but it's even worse than that, I think, because when you have Bogdanovich going zero for nine, that 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 just blows a hole in the bottom of your boat. Because okay, if the Jazz are not going to be quite as good defensively, they have to be better offensively, and they can't be having one of their main shooters go zero for nine. Put put the Bogdanovich thing out of your mind. He's well, gonna, this has been going on. I know he is. I know he is. Fine. But this is this is contributing to the Jazz's spiral right now. I, I think the defensive stuff is is a lot more concerning to their yeah. production in the in the regular season. But they might have been able and, to make they might have been able to make up for this if they if their guys were. I mean, some of the other guys shot the ball pretty darn well. I mean, you know, I mean, they're going to score points. I agree with you. But they might have been able to overcome some of these defensive liabilities had they shot the ball a little better from one of their main guys. And But maybe it's a good thing that it hasn't happened because it, it's, it has definitely caught the attention of the players. They are When Quinn Snyder says to them, fellas, we need to communicate better, we need to connect better at the defensive end, those guys are listening right now. If they were ever not listening, they understand exactly what he's saying. Because, like he said after the loss the other night, uh, who was it uh, on Monday night? Um, I who it was. Sacramento? Sacramento. He said, Quinn said something that was really profound. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was essentially those guys know what this feels like, and they don't like it. 
<laughs> they don't like it. And the core members of the Jazz, they are used to that defense being able to, to, to clamp down and frustrate teams. And right now they're running ragged out there. I mean, what was that last night? I mean, how many open looks did, uh, did the Blazers get? How many open looks from McCollum? Yeah, there, there were plenty. And real quick, not to you know overly defend the Jazz, but uh, McCollum and Lillard were making they were making some tough shots, and they were red hot. Well, it seems like every time they play the Jazz, they hit those shots. Yeah, they're, well, they're really good players. Portland is also uh, you, you know a dangerous team in the West. Uh, they're that for a reason. Yeah, I, huh. I think, it, and not to to beleaguer the point on Zach Collins, but I think that's a, that's going to be an example of where they're vulnerable. And not every team has a player. Uh, his size play in that position, but I think they're going to have to figure out an answer for that. Do they need to make another move? Well, we'll see. I mean, if it goes the way you think and Bogdanovich is never going to make another shot again. No, I'm not I'd... talking about the offense. I'm talking about the defense. Um, yeah, he's never going to make another shot. That's what I said. He's never going to make another shot <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, they might need to, but I, I listen. I think a lot of their problem right now is everybody figuring out how to get onto the same page. It's new guys learning a bunch of stuff, and that's what, another thing with with Bojan's shot. He's got a lot on his plate. I mean, even in the one on one I did uh, during camp, uh, what was that last week or a couple of weeks ago, where he talked about how different everything was. Yeah, he's he's learning. Mike Conley's learning. He admitted that last night. Jake, you could have played for the Jazz last night and at least made one shot. No, I doubt it. Maybe not. Oh, for nine. That's that's jacked up, man. Yeah, and Mike Trout probably had a couple of games where he struggled, <laughs> but the dude's still going to hit three twenty. I mean, that's the thing with the with shooters. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna come back to them. It's gonna come back to who he is. You know, numbers don't lie and all that. You just here's the thing with Bojan. You don't want it to be like like Jay Crowder where it comes in bunches. You want him to find some consistency. And if he's going to shoot 40% from three, you want that consistently throughout the year. The issue with Jay was one game he'd make six threes, and you're going, holy cow, the Jazz look good tonight. Uh And then for a whole week, he wouldn't make another three-pointer. Well, it seems like uh, Bogdanovich hasn't made a three-pointer in recent memory. I know you're but you're you're focused. I'm not you're focused on that. No, That's no, I right. agree with you that the defense is 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 the major. That's emphasis. the challenge. Yeah, yeah. And Quinn knows that. And that's why he's talking the way he's talking. By the way, I have a question for you. Oh, boy. I noticed that you're pronouncing Bogdanovich's name Boyan. Is it Boyan or is it Boyan? Boy or Bo? Well, obviously, I've always said Bo. But I've always heard it as Boyan. Boyan. And if I'm going to be talking to you about Bogdanovich we every day, we need to figure out how to say his name. Is it Boyan? Or Boyan. Well, let's bring up uh, his basketball reference. We'll figure it out during the break. All right. Uh, stay tuned. We are live at Larry H. Miller uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram here in Sandy. I don't to get defensive on it or anything. 10905 South Automall Drive. We haven't gotten defensive yet. We should figure it out. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
Time to bring in Riley Nelson, BYU football radio analyst. Do you think that the administration and even beyond that to the folks who run the school in Salt Lake need to make a greater commitment, whatever that entails, to BYU winning football games? The short answer to your question is yes. As you look around the landscape of college football, if they want to be successful at the level that they've been successful in the past, it's going to require greater commitment because it is an utter arms race. Now, actually putting that forth, I don't know what that entails, and I also don't know what the likelihood of it is. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, 38th special, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We're going to talk a lot of college football coming up a little later on in the show. Ron Counts of the Idaho Statesman joins us at 4. Hode Rabino of Devil's Digest joins us at 4.30. But right now, Gordon, I thought we'd uh, we'd bring up this uh, high school football story with uh, Lone Peak that's been a hot topic around here today. And uh, I, I want to get you – I'm curious your thoughts on it. And the, the long and short of it basically is this. Lone Peak was, uh, was playing um, uh, a kid from out of state who mm-hmm. came in and, and played, you know, for their football team. Yeah. Now, he filled out this online paperwork that you, you have to fill out to be a high school athlete. And it, where it checked, where the, there was a question that says, have you played at another high school before? And he checked no, mm-hmm. thinking that it was another Utah high school uh, so made a mistake and in mm-hmm. fact later on in the paperwork listed the other high schools that he'd been at mm-hmm. so i mean it was an obvious mistake right it was discovered by the the principal last week the principal ran it up the flagpole and the high school activities association followed the the rules which is if you have an ineligible player you have to vacate those uh, those games, and you have to automatically forfeit those games. So they lose five games, which have another uh, interesting ramification we can get to in a moment. They appealed today. The appeal was rejected. Shocking. And, uh, this is how it's going to go. So a kid makes a, a what sounds like a pretty simple mistake, and so, uh, the whole team gets punished. So how do you think I'm going to respond to this, Jake? My guess is not... Uh, you're not going to agree with the the high school activities association. I'm not a big it. rules guy to begin with, but some rules are more important than others, and some rules are implemented in order to really prevent abuse. Abuse of rules. The spirit of the rule. Now, I have not talked with this individual or his family, but this seems too harsh to me. You're penalizing an entire team, an entire school, an entire program because one kid checked the wrong box? Really? That's what we're talking about. And why? So that someone can beat their chest and say, look, we upheld the rule. I don't like it. And I don't have all the facts in front of me, and I don't want to be what LeBron would consider uneducated. Uh, on the issue. Uh, but it seems to me like sometimes these rules are put in place and I get the reason for it. 
and then the rule is broken, but not in the context of it of what it was meant to prevent. And it sounds to me like that's what's happening here. It's too punitive. And, you know, kind of the, I guess, uh, the people that are fine with this are saying, well, you know, a rule's a rule, and it sets a dangerous precedent if you all of a sudden start it, making but, yeah, come on. exceptions. But, but Spirit of the rule. I'm a spirit of the rule guy, not a letter of the law. Uh, there's got to be some way that they can amend that rule for, for situations like this, because this is this is just stupid. This isn't malfeasance or, or in any way, shape, or form. And then the other thing is now Lone Peak is 1 in 9, which affects their RPI rating, which is what they they used to seed teams mm-hmm. in the in the high school football playoff, and so some higher seeded team is going to get a way more difficult first round opponent. So because uh, Lone so Peak a bunch is, of people are is not a one in nine team. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So some other team that's earned it all year long and and is obviously hoping to get out of the first round of the of the playoffs is going to have to play a team that that is not representative, uh, or represented by their record. Okay, so I I need some help here. If there is someone out there listening to us right now who vehemently disagrees with what we've, the, our attitude toward this, please let us know why. I want to know why. Because this is stupid. It appears stupid. I don't know that it is stupid, but from what I know about it, it sounds too punitive, too harsh, and not the spirit of what the rule was meant to prevent. Right. So if I know that and you know that, then why doesn't the, the committee know that? Well, and then there's, there is, you know, the side on the school where the school probably should have picked up on this mistake a long time before they did. Yeah, but they maybe didn't they even, didn't they, know either. Well, they didn't because they didn't look at any of the paperwork. Right. And it, it probably would not be too hard or, or too much to expect that the school review its own paper. He had the listing of the other schools he went to on a different place in the, uh, in the, in in the, the application yeah. or whatever. So he, he wasn't. I, I mean, this is a pretty obvious case where, where this particular kid obviously was not lying. I mean, he just misread the question, and you can understand where where you would misread a question. Plus, it's a it's a it's a high school student, Gordon. How many how many tests in high school did you get back where you miss an obvious question? You go, <laughs> oh, I just didn't read the question right. Yeah. Happened to me all the time. I mean, I, this I, is I, such a stupid thing. But but I need help. Someone tell us why we're wrong on this i'll i'll actually adjust my my opinion of this if someone can give me a rock solid reason for doing so jake you know what this reminds me of one time i parked in a parking lot that was a uh, a category that i that i wasn't supposed i i i think i had uh a, a, a what do you call it some kind of tag that allowed me to park in certain parking lots but not others when i was in college Mm -hmm. and i parked in a parking lot that was completely empty completely there was not another car in the lot and the parking lot probably could facilitate 300 cars my car was the only car in the lot, and it was at the far end of the lot, and it was a dirt lot, and it was all the way in the far, far corner. And sure enough, I get a ticket for that. The, the thing was completely empty. I did no harm to anyone, but some zealot out there, man, he got that ticket written. 
And I, I, that's the kind of thing that, to me, what the, what are you doing? What's the big deal? And that's my reaction to this. What's the big deal? What do you think? You can tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone at Chester Monson, doesn't like it at Austin Warden. I don't know why Chester would have an opinion on Chester it. Chester hates that kind of thing. Live he at, thinks let uh, let anything go. Live at Larry H Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram here in Sandy, one hundred nine oh five South Automall Drive. More straight ahead on the Big Show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty The Zone. This. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Brian Jones, CBS Sports. If Utah, they win out, they win the Pac-12 championship, how much are they going to rue that USC loss when it comes to conversations about the playoff? Well, I don't think it will hurt as much. It depends on how they went out going down the stretch and the fact that that game was earlier in the season. If you're going to lose, as a lot of these teams have found out, lose early, and then you see what materializes around the country. We'll see how many one-loss teams are still out there, and then we can make a true assessment of where Utah fits in. But I think they can get past that. You can't look down the road, still big games left, and I know it sounds cliche but it's pretty rudimentary. Take care of your bit. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live. Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dram, and Sandy. Come, and, come by and join us. 10905 South Auto Mall Drive. I've got a uh, uh, tweet here. Or, uh, yeah. He says, uh, so if uh, Gordon is not a strict rule follower, how did he make it on safety patrol in his youth? Oh. Seriously. I'll tell you how. All right. Listen. And listen good. I decided I wanted a position of power so that I could play fast and loose with the rules. Really? Yeah. See, this is what you do. Really? Yeah, this is what you do. You, you play the game until you can actually change the goofiness. And that's what I did. So I was a very popular captain of safety patrol. And remember, I was duly elected. So when I got in power... When when people were doing something, I would give them multiple warnings. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm usually a by the book rules kind of kind of guy. I, I really am. Like your your parking uh, example uh, in the last segment, where you uh, got a ticket for the only for, car, yeah, in an empty lot. You 100 percent deserve that. Why? Ticket, and I'm absolutely in favor of you getting it <laughs> you are. because you knew what for you were a guy doing. who lived the raucous life you did. That's you sure are a nitpicker on these things. But I I do think when it when it comes to to this sort of thing, we're talking about kids and we're talking about their experience in high school. We're not even we're not even talking about about college we're certainly not talking the pros like if there's anybody that deserves latitude or a break or an understanding in any way shape or form it's high school oh, kids. come on these are little devils 
<laughs> well, uh, coming from the guy that that raised uh, a, a few high schoolers at one no, point. I'm just will, saying, uh, come on. <laughs> but, He's but, off the rules right. a little bit. This is ridiculous, isn't it? Go in. I, I don't understand why there can't be leeway built into the rule. Listen, if if you break this rule with, uh, you know, intentionally and you're doing it to gain an advantage and that sort of thing, uh, I get it. Letter of the law, and that makes some sense. But in this case, a guy checked the, a kid checked the wrong box on on a form. We're gonna let bureaucracy get in the in the middle of this. That just seems so dumb to me. It just seems so ridiculous that there is an understanding here. Apparently the, the panel that this was appealed to, a panel of the Board of trustee, Trustees found the panel of the Executive Committee had correctly interpreted UHSAA Article 7, Section 6 of the UHSAA harumph, harumph. Constitution and bylaws. And they and they did. They, by the letter of the law, they absolutely did. But, you know, like in in our uh, justice system, Gordon, there's uh, on on most things, there's uh, there's a ver- like a variance of sentences. Right. That's why we always hear five to ten, ten to twenty, whatever. I mean, it sounds like a bunch of hanging judges to me. I mean, can't can't you find the more lenient side of the rule book? But you deserve that ticket, yeah. I did not. You I did, did not you deserve did it. Too. There's a reason uh, the lot was probably empty. See, I think there are there, are, and I'm not an attorney, as you can tell. And maybe some attorneys out there are just cringing right now, saying, "Nope, you got to interpret the law by its letter." But it seems to me like intent should be figured into this. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, there are some folks out there who deserve to be punished, who are really out to bend the rules, and they and they are. Okay, throw the book at those folks. And I don't know this kid, but it seems harsh to me. That's all. Ben, he was, he was so funny on Twitter. He tweets in, uh, officer says, sir, I pulled you over because you were speeding and you're not wearing pants. Gordon Monson <laughs> says, listen, officer, I'm not big on rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, besides, I'm in my own car. Can't I pretty much do what I want? I'm not big on rules, per se. Well, okay, speeding. Uh, I mean, there's... I mean, but even that. I mean, have you ever been picked off going down the highway and everybody in front of you is going a certain speed and you're just tailing along there? And I'm talking to the wrong guy because you probably break the rule as far as the minimum speed goes. But, you know, you're just following the flow of traffic. But sure enough, sometimes, and I haven't had this experience really, but I've heard others complain about it in other states. In fact, my experience with with uh, highway patrol uh, folks here in Utah have been pretty reasonable, really reasonable. One time I was going a little fast, and an officer pulled me over, and uh, he came over to me and said, love the show. Uh, Let me uh, give you a little warning. And I thought, what a guy. I'm never going to speed again. Mm. Okay, now now, real quick before we leave this behind and and talk college football coming up right around the corner with, uh, with Ron Counts. You go with the flow of traffic. That that's what you're saying. There isn't isn't uh, you really like your new truck, 
But isn't your I've slowed down. Isn't your one complaint about the new truck is you can't weave in and out of traffic <laughs> at ease? You've said that to me multiple times. I have slowed down. You can't yeah. you, you don't have the control to do 105 weave, weaving in and out of traffic. That's not, that's been like your one thing I've heard you say negative about your new truck. I, I really think it's cool. I don't think you're going to traffic being I, I, point. I really think it's cool when officers are on the side of the road and you're going a little fast and they turn their lights on just to warn you, hey, watch your speed. Instead of zipping out behind you, pulling you over, giving you some ticket because you're going four miles an hour over to speed them. Let me give you an example. My wife and I were driving through Nevada one time. Nevada. And, and we were in Winnemucca. And I was driving. And I was going probably 17, 18, yeah, 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Oh, is that all? Yeah. And an officer pulled me over. And he said, how you doing? I said, fine, officer. I was going a little fast. Sorry about that. He gave me a warning. He said, now be safe out here, all right? And so we went on our way. And then along the way somewhere, my wife said, I'll drive for a while. So we're driving through Elko. And we drive up, and there's a police officer in the slow lane. And my wife drives up behind him, and she's going about the speed limit. And I said to her, I said, you know, these, these, these officers probably get tired of people coming up behind them and just sitting there behind them the whole time. So, in fact, he was going a couple miles an hour under the speed limit. So I said, it would be fine if you pass him, but just go real slow. Uh, that was my opinion. So she said, yeah, you're right. So she gets over in the left lane and she starts passing the officer and she's going the speed limit. But then... As she was going, he sped up, and she was trying to get back over in the right lane, but he sped up, and so she was stuck there in the left lane. So she sped up a little bit and then came over in the right-hand lane and got pulled over. She was going three miles an hour over the speed limit, and she got a ticket, a ticket for that. And I said something to the officer, uh... (laughs) That I probably shouldn't have said. It wasn't anything, you know, aggressive or anything. I'm not stupid. I'm Gordon Monsey. But, yeah, he uh, he said something back to me, and I said, yes, sir. You know, but, yeah, she had to pay a ticket for that. What a very lengthy and entertaining story. But, no, but it illustrates the whole the three miles Don't an hour over the I speed am? limit. I'm telling you right now that the speedometers aren't even that accurate. Yeah, we, Okay. But that shows you the difference between two guys who are probably just as good at their jobs, who are just as concerned about the public safety out there with a different approach. And I like the first guy. Winnemucca, thumbs up. Elko. Join Hits. And that guy was younger and, you know, he was trying to prove to the world he was. On Friday, from noon to 3, is Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Ron Counts from the Idaho State Statesman. I like the guys at the UHSAA that I know. I mean, I, I like I don't know all these guys, but I just think they were being a little harsh. That's all. Talked about the Cougs and the Broncos next. All right. Right here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.